This is a Kita Anime Podcast for March 27th, 2012, Episode 6 of the Winter Season. Shake it like a Polaroid. It's time for the Kita Anime Podcast with Dito and KT Data. The Kita Anime Podcast is brought to you by a random ad read. Just like the chat room, this ad has nothing to do with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Kita Anime Podcast. I am KT Data. I'm Dito. And here we are at the show and our actually our penultimate episode. Look at that, I used a big word. Um, <laughs> Good for you. For the uh, winter season now, uh, got a good bunch to go and a whatnot and a what is. But how are you doing today, Dito? I haven't seen you for two weeks. I am doing absolutely horrible. I just had a root canal done today. Mm, how do you how do you feel about a guy just taking a drill, essentially gutting your tooth out, putting a metal pole in there, filling it in, and then taking twelve hundred dollars? Well, at least my mouth doesn't hurt as much. Are you sure? I barely came off the numbness, so. I know, we should have done it earlier when you were, like, still high on the nitrous and the novocaine and the lidocaine and everything. Oh, I probably would not be able to do the show very well. Hello! <laughs> KT, no, I'd be talking, every time I talk, I'd be like, bleh, 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 like I usually do, but on more of a constant occasion. Yeah, and you'll have a nice drool line going down. Like, have you noticed that yes. every time you get, get out of the dentist, you feel like you just have a drool line going down your face? Well, that's if they did the bottom lip because they did the top up here. Uh, okay, so for all you guys who are jumping in on this podcast right now, we have a little game going on with the chat room that watches us live at ktdata.net slash live. They don't talk about what we talk about because they have no idea what's going on. They're just like, look at those idiots on there. We're just going to have our own conversation. So, but what we do here is Dito and I, we watch some animes and then we talk about it. And, you know, we're on episode six now. Six. 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 S-I-X. Anyways, since we talk about animes and everything, let's jump into our first one, right? And our first anime is Guilty Crown, and it's brought to you by... When our powers combine, we become Platypus! Yes. Uh, yeah. So oh, the ad read. I was just wait for you to say because it just sounds so ridiculous yet it's so awesome. I know. I you do this on purpose, don't you, Dito? Yes, I make these ad reads just for you, KT. Just for me. I feel so loved right now. Anyway. Yeah. So um, wait till we get a good one. Wait till I get a really good one for you. Yeah. So where okay, did we last? So leave last? Off? Huh? Where did we last leave off? Last time we left off with the GHQ does a quarterback sneak on the Undertakers, Shu gets a new arm, and the Apocalypse Virus makes a very good Christmas gift. Yay! So, first we go cut off, and then there's a crazy little guy. He's uh, talking to Inari in her prison choking state. prison bondage yeah. thing, I don't know. Um, and, you know, he's always going on and on about... How we kind of see a little bit of the old guy in there. 
but then he goes back to his crazy, insane mode where like, I'M GONNA KILL YOU ALL! But we find out something interesting, Vito, right? Yes, we find out that the whole uh, Lacosites thing, like 256 of them, was actually a bluff because in reality, there should be only one up there. How would you feel if I sent you into uh, an invasion force knowing that possibly there's 256 space lasers aimed at you? And to find out there's one, I'd probably be feeling pretty pissed. <laughs> oh, but um, it's actually really different because... Now, we at the end of the last episode that we actually left off, the Undertakers snuck out of Japan to go meet up with uh, the UN and the forces now. So when we're talking about invasion force, we're talking about the might of the rest of the world coming down on Japan in boats for some odd reason because helicopters yeah, are too expensive. Um, but so you see them preparing for battle and everything, and. This is actually the crazy thing is when they're getting ready in, uh, Shu accidentally walks in on ISA. You know how she's all gung-ho? Don't watch me get ready for all this kind of stuff. You don't want to see that. That's not good for her, me and whatnot. Um, she actually asks for help from Shu, which is weird. Uh, so we see a really weird, uh, crazy... 180 on her, you know, and you kind of see that with all the other characters too, where you know, shoes actually just not being a worthless piece of crap, and everybody else kind of respects them for that and kind of going for guidance on that. Um, so, yeah, which was really weird, and this was really so as the ships are turning in and everything. Um, we, we see that the UN forces are really decoys. They're not really doing anything. They're just so that the Undertakers can sneak in. And of course, as a decoy, you're going to get hit. Um, and how do they get hit? They get hit hard. <laughs> um, Guy decides to use Arisa, eyebrows, and the... I don't even know that... <laughs> Third wheel I don't dude. even know his name. I called him the... Uh, no, Kenji. That was his name. Kenji. Kenji, yeah. The uh, supposedly super crazy The third crazy wheel. Yeah. yeah, the third wheel to make some weird uh, arrow slash flak cannon. Because he kind of shoots it like an arrow, but when it like lands, it just lands like flak and just totally blows up half the ships and then crystallizes anybody who survives. Which is actually, I think, one of the best things ever because you see the captain of the lead ship, he's like crystallized and everything, and he's just like still yelling into his communicator, like, come on, go, 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 go! Yeah, it was so, it was just interesting, interesting, because, you know, I'm off the numb, numb team and all the fun junk, but it's really fun to see, like, get the guy taking three voids, putting them together, and just shooting it to where everything, like 87% of their forces was just decimated in a seconds. Oh yeah, that was crazy nuts, and um, so we also see the uh, crazy get dude get a new enclave, which he calls, uh, here Dito, I'll, I'll throw you a bone and I'll do it, called, uh, okay. just, but whatever, it starts with a G. <laughs> but it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of infused with uh, the uh, um, apocalypse virus crystals. 
and he's ha- he, and the funny thing is he has the little Iron Man generator on his chest <laughs> in his yes. remote control unit. I never put those. I never put those two together until you just said that. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um, but I, that, you know, and so he's kind of on the ground defense, and the Undertakers, you know, they make it in. Um, everybody's in a trucker, and everybody except Shu. And what is he riding, Dito? I'm gonna let you say this because you're the one who caught this. He is riding Robo Segway because no matter what direction he actually goes, and I swear he's leaning, he's literally leaning to go left and right, and he doesn't fall off. It's lit, you know, the little robot <laughs> thing true. turns into it's a Segway. The moment you put in Robo Segway, it just clicked and. Yes, that's exactly what that was. It was a Robo Segway. I didn't understand why the uh, Sugimi or Sugimi was trying to put a rod in the robot. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and now it all came now, together as soon as you say that. Yeah, and as ridiculous as it might sound, I kind of want one. Yes, I agree with you on that one. But speaking of Sugimi, um. I did. We did figure out something very interesting, though. Before she has her void as like a magic wand that uh, makes images of everyone, and we finally figure out why because they did a whole magical girl like segment of her just sending out a decoy virus that screwed their computers. Yeah, and then she does <laughs> like, the magical like you. dance moves too while she's like doing yes. it. <laughs> it's what we should be expecting, to be honest, in this show. You know, if they make a sequel or a spin-off to Guilty Crown, I want it to be Magical Girl Sugimi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just to see some yes, of the I, troubles. I, think probably, I really think they would. <laughs> They're probably watching us and we'll be like, that's a great idea. Let's do it. I want royalties, Japan. Royalties. Um They're not gonna you're not gonna see you're not gonna see a yen of it. Uh uh-huh. throw a guy yen. No. Um but so and then it will. The, the weird thing about this is then they cut back to uh, Inori and Guy's doing some weird king hand genome crazy thing that's actually making her crystallize. And he's like, I'm going to erase you like a blank slate so you can kind of like a hard drive. I'm going to format you and then download a new consciousness in there, which happens to be Mana instead of uh, Inori. Instead of Inori. And um, so, like, these crystals just start coming all around her. Um, and uh, this is a good time for the Undertakers and Shu to get lost <laughs> as they're attacking the headquarters. <laughs> Isn't that the most embarrassing thing in the world to be, like, you're trying to save somebody in this building that you you, know, you would know the way around because, you know, you have people who've been there. Been there. Like, Choose mom, yeah. especially, and you get lost. <laughs> they get lost, literally. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not even lying. They get lost. I'm like, where to? And like, we got to hold this position until we figure out where we need to go. And uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. I just, yeah, I, I was trying not to say anything about that, but, you know, we, I guess we have to say that. Like, come on, people, you know. They're, they have this nice yeah. strategic plan for everything, and all of a sudden it's just like, uh, left, right, this way or that <laughs> way. <laughs> Even though that actually kind of sounds like most of our live broadcast, you know, but anyways, <laughs> um, that's how we roll here. <laughs> yep, we're professionals. Uh, but then Inori, she actually starts to sing, and she's singing in some supersonic tone because nobody can hear her except. Shoe, 
And um, so he's like, he's kind of like a tracking dog at that moment, listening for a dog whistle. And he's like, this way. Yeah, he segues himself that direction. Yes, go this way. And the, I thought it was funny because the only way they explain it is they cut to uh, Shu's mom talking to, uh, what's the other guy's name? Um, and he's like, is that even possible? And she's like, it's probably possible. <laughs> Just cut off to them chasing. Um, obviously, we kind of kind of tell that uh, the series is winding up and they're running out of airtime. <laughs> Just a little bit. Right? Just Just a little. Um, but at the very least, they are able to bring in the characters that need to be brought in, like a wild eyebrows appears. Whee! I just had to say this. Like the only reason why I say this is because at work, there's a lot of Pokemon fans who like work with me, and we just we just end up talking about it, and we see all the memes of like a wild, you know, insert name here appears, and when he just he just kind of pops in, I'm like, that's the first thing I thought of. A wild eyebrows appears, and then Dito goes. Go, KT, go! Use annoy attack. Podcast mode. <laughs> I was trying, but, you know, you wouldn't come with your ball. It's because you didn't feed me any of the magic candy. Yeah, apparently. I need to feed you some more um, magical girls candy. Yeah, and Steamy. this is what's nuts about how Eyebrows fights. is because apparently Eyebrows, he has some of the... Geno- he, he can kind of do what Shu and Guy do. But he doesn't have – there's no backstory on how he can do it. And what he does is he has, like, all the former GHQ scientists and workers just line up around uh, Shu, kind of in, like, you know, those uh, fight circles that you see. And then he just uses them like like Kleenexes and just throws them away like crazy. So as, the, as Shu is fighting and doing well, – might I add, how Shu calls the voids that he has stored in his arm, stupid stuff. Stupid, stupid. He 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 actually say their names and stuff. I'm like, oh man. He's like, yeah, hero, and it pops up like, really, really. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. They, they have to. Yeah, but eyebrows is a. Uh, he's pulling out all these different weapons, and I swear, one of them looks like Tron identity discs, just with blades all around him. He's just oh. slicing and dicing with them. Um, so we have this kind of epic. Right epic battle between eyebrows and shoe um that i don't even see the point of it at all but uh eyebrows is this really weird void i don't know how did you ever figure out what it was dito no i i I tried i i I couldn't figure it out even i'll be honest i didn't even know it was his void until like later yeah it was it's like this cannon majigger thing that he pulls out and then um Shu does some crazy thing too so they're doing the uh, Dragon Ball Z energy blast let back and forth thing you know it's like um yeah and the one thing i just couldn't figure out is he, Shu's void is basically to take everyone's like pain forms uh, onto himself what in the world was that void that he had on his arm that was like kind of like reflecting everything i I don't even know did you you get that i don't know it's maybe i'll explain it later on in the episode that's what i thought yeah (laughs) yes but instead but instead we get the 
Darth Death Cannon. God, I, I had to say it. I really don't want to, but I had to say it. Dito wrote that line, not me, guys. I'm just saying. I know. I'm... I, yes, I did. It's something that needs to be said because it really uh... was a Darth Death Cannon. Um, and then it kind of this episode really kind of cuts just back between Chu trying to get in and uh, Guy and Inori, and looks like um. As the crystals are coming around Inori, erasing the final shards, a tear drops from her and lands at the feet of where she's hanging off that weird cross thing. And uh, it turns into this little magical rainbow crystal. That's not going to be helpful to Shu later on, right? No, no. There's no way that no. this can ever. 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 Um, and then what happens is... Uh, Eve or Mana, she gets reborn and she does the all pink type thing, you know? I had a pink phase too, and she's having her pink phase then where everything just turns into pink and this glowing light. And, uh, you know, you like thought this... Like the pre-show. Yes, maybe. This is why you guys <laughs> yes, watch the pre-show. just like the pre-show. You never know what's going to happen. Mm. But, uh, you, you mentioned this was uh, really similar to a video game you might have played, and many of you guys yeah, have played. Uh, most of the people who probably have watched this by now and seen this pink light enveloping the world, it looks so much like Final Fantasy VII when the meteor was hitting the planet. Oh, come on. Dude, I was the only one who cast that. Come on, Dito. This is, uh, seriously, this is... This anime is not known for ripping off ideas from other ones or using overly used cliches. What are you saying? No. No, no. no it's this nothing is like that. I'm just only making original. a comparison. Come on. It's 100% original. They would never do that. They have more integrity than no. that. No. Um, no. <laughs> so, yeah. And then Mana wakes up and she's all like, Shoo! You came! Oh, my brother! That I want to sleep with. It's not weird at all. <laughs> um, and Shu, no, 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 not at all. Shu kind of just uh, says, "Get away, woman! Crazy woman!" And uh, she kind of feels crushed. And then a guy comes, like, "I'll take care of this guy." And uh, these are your words, <laughs> so I want you to say them. I. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so then, guy pulls out the big gun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I had to make the horrible, horrible phrase there. But the thing that really got me worrying about the whole, like the whole situation here, what the hell was the map on the floor for? It was like a a eight bit map of the world. It's Mega Man, man. Apparently, they had such great funding for all the technology that couldn't make a floor that could equal to its technology. Something like that. It's all but, playing the crystals. You know, here we, but here we have guy pulls out the sword of mana. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean that pun, but yeah. <laughs> Don't give me that look. I'm gonna shut up now and let KT. Okay, so he pulls out the sword and. You know, kind of slaps Shu around <laughs> with it, <laughs> pretty much. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, any void that Shu pulls out is pretty much useless. 
And uh, oh, look at that. He falls face forward on the floor. And Guy does the, I got a big sword. I'm going to slice your head off in front of you. And what do you think is in front of Shu at that moment? I don't know, KT. Maybe a flower. A flower. That sounds familiar. Didn't something happen earlier? That I think so. I think it happened to be from Eerie. I oh. I recall. That's definitely creative. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> I didn't see that one coming at all, Dito. Neither did I. Actually, I had to put that together right Surprise. now. Surprise! <laughs> Yay! Uh, yeah, so uh, what happens is that uh, Mana, she actually starts to, you would think since Inori used to be similar to Mana, that Mana would start singing, but instead she does the Black Swan stuff and starts doing a ballet dance, and that actually starts the fourth apocalypse. Yes, and we can't forget this, too. When she was uh, doing a ballet waltz, it starts singing in a guy's voice. And that kind of creeped me out a bit. It's it's opera, Dito. It's opera. Well, it has yeah, to I be like I have that. the culture of it, but it was I was expecting a little bit more feminine voice coming across there. And eh? Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was the one that I wasn't expecting there. That's, that's all I got to say. Okay, so, but, yeah, and then here's the most random thing that happens. When the fourth apocalypse says, they have to do the, let's cut to all these different scenes in Japan, all around the world. You see these mystical DNA strands go all around and crash into the big cities. Everybody's crystallizing. Um, It cuts through this one scene in the street where everybody's, like, pretty much dead. And you see a dog sitting there wagging its tail. Yeah. So Apparently, that had me. That just left me just saying. So the apocalypse virus was to target humans only. Yeah. So if you want to survive the apocalypse virus, just turn into a dog. Yes. Simple At as that. At least a dog. Why not? Right. Um. And uh, so this is really where it gets weird because then it cuts to the rest of the Undertakers who are still trying to make their way and catch up with Shu because Shu took his go-kart away um and they're fighting against the crazy dude with the just on lays just spit i think the way i say it is better dito just but we can always just call it um guess um but yeah, and try to see if we can spit on the cameras. But like speaking of big guns, the uh, one crazy dude with the uh, spiked hair, he pulls out a Oga's Uma's. <laughs> what's that guy's? Oga's name? big gun. Yeah. Now that's a big gun right there because he just yes. kind of litters a whole place with it. And um, ISH, of course, she's in her onlave trying to fight, but they start blocking. Once the apocalypse virus starts going, it. Uh, interferes with the uh wireless technology and uh she has to kind of the other guy says go connect directly and so she flips a switch and all of a sudden a uh go-kart pops out of where she is (laughs) (laughs) okay so the first thing i thought of is like the go-kart pops out and starts heading toward the enclave First thing I thought it was is going to pull some kind of 
Gundam transforming scene where she gets inside it. That's what I was expecting there. And for once, I was not right. Well, not once, but... (laughs) I was going to say, you know, okay, (laughs) live in your fantasy world where you're always right. Uh, Yeah, I, um, I like that world, though. It's not a good world to live in. It's not healthy for you, Dito. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> um, so she kind of plugs in, and it's funny because, like, you think they would have some long cord, but it's like a two foot cord, and she's kind of just wheeling behind it while it's going. <laughs> um, and uh, now we have that epic battle between those two going on like crazy, and. He, and people are like, you're, they're telling the guy with the, uh, we'll just call him Apocalypse Void Man, <laughs> saying, you're pushing yourself too hard. The uh, virus is going to take over. He's like, I don't care. And he kind of goes all out um, against them. And uh, ISA kind of skillfully takes care of him with the help of a Tsugumi. Because apparently the uh, Enclave has two parts to it where one person can control the weapons which kind of fly off and go behind him. Obviously, he's not going to protect himself on that. And while the main... Gundam part... reference. Gundam reference pods. Yes, pods. <laughs> I say something. Nothing. This anime is totally original, man. They don't rip anything off. At all. It's not ripping off. It's borrowing. It's homaging. <laughs> if you want to go that way. Um, and kind of just kills the guy again of course they eject him out before he can actually get physical harm um and it finally goes back to that little battle between that guy guy and chu when they're having their epic battle um chu does the magical i'm gonna grab the crystal flower that's four feet away using my magical arm powers and he goes into a little delusional state where uh, he sees inori and uh, essentially brings back Inori to help fight. And he pulls out... Because remember, there was actually two types of swords that we saw Shu pull out previously in the series. It was the black, dark-type sword when he went all crazy. That's the one Guy has right now that he pulled out of Mana. And uh, if we... Think all the way back to like episode one where Shu pulled out the sword out of Inori. It was kind of more of a technology futuristic type sword. He pulls that out and they're kind of just duking each other out with that where, um, you know, they're fighting each other. And then uh, guys kind of spilling all his uh, spiels or spilling the guts and plans on the whole point of him doing everything. Which is to really, he wanted just to save Mana, and the only way to do that is to fulfill her prophecy so she can be free and live in death. Yeah, to finally rest in peace, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Um, There you go. But, so after that, they defeat each other. Um, Well, Shu defeats Guy, essentially, because he dies again. That's twice. Even though they don't really explain how they brought him back in the first place. But who needs to tie up loose ends like that, right? Um, Of course. 
So shoes back into reality, and he sees this crystallized figure walking towards him. And it turns out to be uh, Inari. And uh, they have their loving embrace. And then Shu lifts his hand, his fake one, out into the sky and does the best Hoover vacuum impersonation I have ever seen in my life by sucking all the Apocalypse virus into him. And you can just start seeing him crystallize. Um, the thing I didn't understand about this was is that because when you see his arm go up there, it still had the genome sign on his hand, on his fake hand. So after you defeat a guy, did he actually absorb the other apocalypse or the other uh, void genome? So then he has two of them? Of course, you got a double fist, man. Only good things come out when you double fist. <laughs> I'm not going to even touch that. <laughs> um, so he soaks up all the viruses and he kind of becomes crystallized with Inori, kind of like how you see in the opening um, all the time. And then they kind of go back into their dream world. And Inori, ha- this is weird, they stick a clip episode in there for some apparent reason where it kind of prog- shows the whole timeline between where Shu first uh, met Inori. And she's holding the cat's cradle. And this time, Shu actually takes it. And what happens is Inari fully crystallizes and disappears. And it kind of neutralizes the entire Apocalypse Rise genome. Um, and then after that, this is what's funny. is I, lo- I love how they did the time jump on there. Instead of saying like two years later or something, it says a few years later. <laughs> Not giving you an exact time point on how many years after this has happened. And we can see the world's pretty much gone back to normal. Nobody has Apocalypse Virus. And, of course, we see the whole gang gather up uh, celebrating a birthday for Hare. Um, So, you know, you kind of see everybody. Yeah, Hero, I still hate him. Because, seriously, he's such a filler character, Dito. Here, he's like, oh, yeah all the nice buddy everything you know the character that you need at this moment perfectly um yeah i'm just gonna i'm just gonna stop talking about him (laughs) it's just i just yeah i'm just gonna agree with you on this and just stop because it just frustrates me thinking about this guy just uh yeah such Um, a a filler character (laughs) yeah and then chu walks in and you see him with a cane indicating that he is blind um, so they all celebrate this big birthday, and then you see Shu do the old man thing by sitting on the near the ocean, and he puts in a Bluetooth, and then ends with a clip episode of just his time with Inori. And they're going to make season two of this. No, yes, we're expecting season two to come out in the, well, I think the winter of this next winter. Yep, and it's going to tie up all the loose ends that they did not tie up. And okay, I lied. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, we did. Unfortunately, this they did not really tie up all the loose ends, but they did try to. They kind of did a cop out. You know, the ending ending was suitable for what it was because most animes you watch generally you get a really comforting ending. You know, something that brings you the comfort you expecting, and like most anime, just ends off with something to try to just end it yeah you get this happily ever after i'm like oh 
okay let's not explain a lot of things you know because uh, yeah i'm not i don't i don't find it bad honestly but, the ending wasn't horrible to me it's just one of those like i wish they could have at least yeah you know cleared up a couple things yeah, you know that would have helped out in the show i wanted to know what but, happened no, to like honestly Risa i believe the show ended pretty good but uh it's sad though because this is the end of guilty crown which means the end of our anime that had all the cliches in it and that was pretty predictable but we loved it all the same time because it was fun uh i would I would recommend this one if anyone who has not seen this but ended up watching our shows anyways and got completely spoiled to watch this show. Yeah, um, I wouldn't recommend it as a beginner anime. <laughs> oh, no. If you want something to make fun of, watch this. We had a blast making fun of it. I even have to make fun of it. If you've seen, if you've watched a good amount of anime, you'll find a lot of reference from this and you probably would find, you probably predict the good amount of it that we did, yeah. to be honest. Um, but. Speaking of animes that we have fun watching, let's jump to our next one right here. Oh, yeah. And our next anime is Ano Natsu de Mataru, and it's brought to you by... Protection. Because you never know when you're going to be given to you. Yeah! Um, last time we left off, Miyoshi comes out as a nudist. Um, Kana has a dynamite time. Yeah! And Renan flies Rina. And, um, oh yeah. Kaito might have died again. Yes. Uh, and if you guys did not see the last week's episode, Ichika is still. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um. Uh, Good, you th- stopped. I'm sorry. But. <laughs> you bastard. Uh, but Ichika does come out to say that she's an alien. After everyone gathered to the point of interest. Uh, she teleports him away because you have <clears throat> the Tetsuro, uh, Tetsuno, Tetsuro. Tetsuro! <laughs> Tetsuro's sister trying to come up, so she puts him about the area where Kaito first fell off the bridge. And Kaito's and, like, oh. And, you know, Kaito kind of gets his memory back at this point of what actually happened. Um, yeah, and the funny thing is, she explains most of why she's an alien and everything in the cold open. It's not even, we haven't even gone past the intro music yet. And then the, uh, what I thought was funny was, uh, Kaito is like, she's telling all of this, all of this stuff. And I wasn't surprised. I knew all the time. And I'm like, okay. Sure, you knew she was an alien, but it took you that long to try and hit on her. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily that too because he essentially just wasn't surprised because he got he remembers. So then I yeah. It kind of makes sense then. Sure, he remembers Maybe. Dito. He remembers all the good times, right? Um Yes, then... all the good times and but they do like uh Ichika does take them into her spaceship though. 
spaceship. To explain exactly the reasons behind everything. I wish I could get teleported into a spaceship. Um, she kind of takes him in and tells him, So we got attacked because my ship sent off a uh, distress beacon. And it came after me. And they're like, why'd you blow up? Uh, I kind of did that on a whim. It seemed like the logical yeah. thing to do. <laughs> Let's I, just, I found that to be funny. She's like, just kind of off a whim. I'm like, that's not a what? whim. You don't, you don't go attack something off a whim like that. I think Kaito but should watch out. An alien, so. I'm just saying, Kaito should probably watch out and not tick her off. Yes. <laughs> um, we've, seen, we've seen what can happen. Yeah. Um, and the sad thing is when they teleported away, they totally forgot about Tetsuro's sister. And she just comes like, guys? Guys? I'm like, oh, um, and the best part is too is like, Tetsuro even says that too. He's like, I forgot my sister, and <laughs> you're just like, oh, you're kind of bone now, buddy. Uh, and uh, that's the only time he mentions it too. He's like, well, I gotta walk you gals home right now because it's late. <laughs> and then just add it's just like that whole oh crap moment just slaps him in the face, and you're like, oh, uh, sucks to be you, man. Yeah. um... So and this, at this, this point, like this, on, well, on, on the way home, yeah. Well, not even on uh, the Mio, not even on the way uh, home. There, Mio decides to spend the night over at Kana's instead of walking all the way home because I guess she lives the farthest away from everybody. And uh, so they're laying in Kana's room, which weirdly has two twin beds right next to each other, and Mio's doing her nudist thing. <laughs> and uh, she's sitting there and's like. Uh, you know, you should really tell Kaito that you like him. And she's like, how'd you know? Like, it was hard to tell. Yeah, you know, it's only been sticking out since episode one, like a sore thumb. Um, and, uh, so, what happens is that, uh, she's like, you should really do it. It'll make you feel better. Because, you know, Mio's had this transforming moment where... She, after she confessed to uh, Tetsuro, I said it right, um, ah. that, uh, you know, she's kind of changed, you know, she's more open now and she's more comfortable around people. So um, she's trying to encourage the same thing for Kana. Um, then it actually uh, cuts to our friend Kaito. And what what does he do best, you know? I don't know, Katie. What does he do best? He's always good at daydreaming, right? And this was, this is, this, I, I love this because this is an homage to one of my favorite animes. Uh, is they're at a train station and Kaito's like, oh, I'm going to miss you when you, and you're, you're leaving. I'll get a job so I can visit you and everything. And she's like, but my home is in the Andromeda galaxy and the train doors close and it just flies off into space. And I'm like, Captain Harlock, Galaxy Express. Oh my god, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, then, you know, it goes back to reality. And Ichika's a little bit worried, right, Dito? Yeah, apparently, like, what Ichika is, just realizes that with the, the life pod being destroyed, there she's going to have someone from the investigation team to come down to find out what happened. 
happened. And she doesn't want to get everyone involved in this. So she's trying to find this place she was originally trying to set out for by herself without the help of others. Like every time that Kaito comes up and says, I'll help you, she's just kind of like, I have business to do and just leaves. Yeah. So it leaves an awkward moment between the two because like the distance between them is just getting further and further with the mo- with more that Kaito's pushing it and the more that uh, Ichika is trying to protect everyone. Yeah. And then this is the moment where my poor Renan, because you guys know how much in lo- uh, I am in love with Renan, Ichika kind of squeezes the poor fella to death. I'm like, no. Don't do that. It's like, um, and this is where it's really funny, is that uh, Kaito decides to take things into his own hands and goes try to scout that location that Ichika has been looking for, but uh, Tetsuro visits with the watermelon, and but Kaito's like, I gotta leave. Can you lock up when you guys are done here? And I'm like, okay. So it cuts to the scene, and uh, Tetsuro's looking through all the film and everything. And guess who shows up? Mio and Kana. With what, Dino? Dun, dun, dun! And they're reviewing the tapes. Yeah, but what do they bring to? A watermelon. And (laughs) apparently Tetsuro already ate that one, the one he brought. I know, it's like, another watermelon? Ugh. I don't know why they're putting watermelons. I I don't know about anyone else, but I can't. I can't see a whole like one person eating a whole watermelon themselves. I really can't. Dude, we should have you try it. Something's no. coming up, Dito. No. Let's see if you can eat a whole watermelon by yourself. No, no, no it's like I'll show you. I'll show you the video. I cut a watermelon sword with a Sephiroth sword or watermelon sword. A watermelon <laughs> with a Sephiroth sword. I want to see the watermelon sword. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there is one. I'll show you later. That sounds dirty. Guys, help me. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> anyway, I'll show you. <laughs> so what? 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 I really thought was weird is that everybody's just hanging out at Kai's house or Kaito's house, and he's not there. <laughs> he's out scouting locations and everything. And um, what I loved is the camera he's using. He's not using his eight uh, millimeter. He's using a Polaroid camera, like the old school Polaroids, shake it like a Polaroid picture camera. And I, oh my God, I love this anime. If you guys haven't noticed, I am a big nostalgic fan of all the old videotaping cameras. And I was like, I love it because it really doesn't make sense, the time period. He's old. Just old. <laughs> Um, but uh, it's weird because they all have cell phones and everything but they're always using this old tech and I can't really put my finger on where this is supposed to be (laughs) because they're always kind of mixing both of them and I love it Um, so what happens is that uh, once everybody leaves Ichika shows up at her house again and Kana's waiting for her and uh Kana kind of just lets loose on Ichika going, why won't you tell him that you like him? You guys would make a perfect couple, and why? All you have to do is just tell your feelings to him, because it's not pretty obvious that he likes you, and why were you guys going to, you freaking jerks, and it's better when you guys leave. 
Andrew, that's a horrible impress- impersonation. I'm sorry. That is a horrible impersonation. Can you do better? No, but I'm not going to try that hard. All right, then explain <laughs> to the people what happened, because obviously my impersonation is not good enough for you. <laughs> like KT said, Kana just basically rips a whole new into Ichika to say exactly that if you really like him, you should just say so. Do you think that your whole, like, just because you're going to be going to another world and everything itself, that's going to change that you ever loved him. And she really gives her like the third degree burn on this and really had her thinking about it and finds out to confess to herself that she actually is in love with Kaito. Yeah. Um, like that, Katie, like that. Like that. So that was the uh, book version. If you guys want to see the dramatic version, I'll do it after the show. Um <laughs> So what happens is that Kana runs off, you know, bawling her eyes out. And as she's running home, Tetsuro's waiting behind a lamp post. And she's like, go away. Do you guys just like kicking me when I'm down and stuff? And uh, Tetsuro just comes up and covers her eyes and says, don't cry. In a really awkward fashion. I don't think that's the best way to comfort a girl. I'm just saying. But uh, so it's there. I think it works for her. Um, and then she starts bawling and it actually cuts forward to like a closed. Uh, I think it's a fruit stand or some kind of side of the road stand. And on the other side of that, you see poor Mia over there bawling her eyes out. Um, so everybody's a little bit heartbroken right now and hurt. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Then it cuts to... Uh, Kaito, he's at a waterfront somewhere with the Polaroid. I love it. With the Polaroid. And uh, you see Ichika walking in with Rinan. And Rinan's just like... Giving her some encouragement to go talk to him. And... Uh, finally. 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 We're almost done with the anime series. Uh, Ichika... Was about to confess to Kaito, but Kaito's like, no, I'll do it. And he's like, I love you. And they get all lovey-dovey. And then they have a kiss. And all of a sudden, you see the glare of a lens across the lake. And who could that be, Dito? So, and she's getting that. Um, Then, all of a sudden, uh, we go into this little delirium mode where Kaito thinks he's making out with uh, Ichika and as he comes through the jerk the nerve of him the nerve of Kaito he's uh finds out he's making out with Rinan I'm pretty sure he used tongue yes I had to uh... I had to put this in there just because I figure KT is going to get very pissed at this and you know what really hurt me the most? It looked like Renan was enjoying it. <laughs> Why would you do that? You have competition, man. You have competition. I fell in love with a ship avatar. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, and Kaisa, like, is like, oh, I just had a dream that we were a couple. And, uh, 
and Ichika just wraps a blanket around him. And you think she's just wrapping it around him, but no, it's wrapped around both of them. And it's like, uh, nope, that's reality right there. It's like, I can't believe it. You know, they're they're in the uh, what people like to call the newlywed stage of the uh, couple relationship. So I'm waiting for some struggles in future episodes. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, so they're doing that and everything, and uh, all of a sudden they hear a knock on the or another camera shot, actually, and uh, you know. You're the wise and sage one. Tell everybody what what she did. No. Why not? I don't have any. Come on. I don't have any. Come on. Do your good impression. I don't have an experience in doing things like this. (laughs) All right. What are you talking about? (laughs) Fine. So, you know, we got Kaito and Nichika kind of cuddling and everything together. And uh, Raymond's. just like slides something towards Kaito and it just happens to be a condom and Kaito's like freaking out and he just like hides it and Ichika's like, oh, what's that? It's like, oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. And all we hear is, hey, hey, hey. Oh, why is that playing again? Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden we just hear, hey, 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 um, uh, And, uh, you know, I'm just saying those two were a uh, match made in heaven. Eh, eh, uh, eh, eh, taste? Eh, ah, get it. I got it. Eh, eh, I got it. <laughs> oh, Good I, one, KD. I, 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 oh, I, really, yeah. I really think comedy will be... Uh, that's my future right there, Dito. I'm going to start a stand-up circuit and go around the world. Um, you should, you should. Don't quit your day job. This is my day job. We don't make any money off of it. Of course not. <laughs> um, but then we... Uh, in the next episode, we cut over to Kana, and she kind of calls everybody, uh, or she has Tetsuro call everybody, and they're like, oh, I can't film for the next couple of days because Kana's sick. And I'm like, oh, she's sick, all right. She's lovesick. <laughs> was that not good? Yeah. No, it was actually it was actually pretty good. But uh... because of this, too... Um... Uh, Tetsuro decides to go over there and figure out, you know, why. Just to hear the whole story about what happened. So, with Kana explaining, like, what happened, and Tetsuro kind of was just, you know, being that that good friend, crying on the shoulder type person, um, was about to, like, be invited over by her mom for some dinner, for, I think, was it lunch or for, yeah, for just I think she's like, you want to eat something? Yeah, <laughs> and he was just about to say yes when Kana says no. He has other pressing matters to go to. He's like, apparently I do, and and leaves. Yeah, so uh, he's walking back and he runs into uh, Mio. She has a cake. Apparently, Mio wears aprons though. Yes, when she's cooking cakes, at least she wears an apron. Uh. Yeah, so uh, they meet up, and you know he's like, "Oh, kind of sick," and she won't even let me see her. So, uh, and she's like, "Oh, you want some cake? I don't want it to go to waste." And they end up in some weird uh, place, like veranda park overview, something like that, where they're just eating cake and. She's like, you should really tell Kana that you like her. 
this sound similar to anything that just happened? Yeah, it seems like that Mio is trying to encourage everyone just to like get just to get everything off their chest, just to tell everyone like this is how I truly feel about you and it it seems to have uh, kind of sunk into Tetsuro pretty well. Yeah, so what happens is he uh he's like I don't know what Mio leaves and she's like I don't know what to do and I don't know why they put this in. He decides to kick a fence. <laughs> With all the frustration and everything itself, you just kick a fence. And while he's wearing flip flops, he hurt himself pretty bad. Yeah. He, he's, he kicked the fence wearing flip flops, and you just see this giant welt come up on his foot. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's just random, but okay. <laughs> Um, the funny thing about this is that when he gets home and tries to put like an ointment pad on it to, you know, for the swelling, his sister even kind of blurts out exactly what Mio is just saying too. Yeah, it's like just tell her you like her, all right? Um, and then at that time, Kaito decides to call, and it's like, "Hey, dude, I think we're gonna start filming again." Um, and she's like. I'll call it, and Tetsuro's like, do you want me to call everybody? He's like, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. I need to do it. Um, And then all of a sudden, they cut to a shrine or a park place where uh, Tetsuro and Kana meet up, and they kind of go back through their childhood memories, talking about how she, how uh, she used to be taller than him and everything, and she used to be the one that protected them and then as she's walking away he finally confesses but the funny thing is right before that you see these kids right next to them and they're playing a card game and i looked at him like holy crap that's Yu-Gi-Oh! the design and everything even the magic cards and everything they were playing Yu-Gi-Oh! and that just that just made me feel warm because <laughs> I, I miss playing Yu-Gi-Oh! just saying um you know so uh he kind of confesses to her and she's like, why would you do this right now? Type of thing. And uh, he's like, yeah, I got crappy timing. I always do. And uh, <laughs> so he's like, you really should. And then he's like, you really should. Con- of all the things he says, you really tells Kana, you really should go confess to uh, Kai. So he knows. And uh, she kind of runs off and then Tetsuro kind of collapses and, our favorite Mio, she just kind of comes from behind and hugs hugs him. And uh, she says one of the best lines in this. And uh, girls, please do not hate me, but I just think these words are true. <laughs> um, she says, girls are stubborn creatures. And I think that is amazing words, word of wisdom out there. And this, I noticed this one. I'm going to put this in there because I never wrote in the show notes. But everyone has spectacular appearing, appearing for just random times. You know, you have Tetsuro just happened to be behind a lamppost, you know, magically appears. Mio magically appears to comfort Tetsuro. Uh, Remen just magically appears everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's like they, just, they like have ninja skills just to pop out of nowhere at the right time, though. I know. I, w- I want to learn how to do ninja skills. Seriously, that would be awesome. 
Um, so Connor runs to Kai's house. He's eating a watermelon. <laughs> Go big. And uh, she's like, I love you. And Kai just says casually, I'm in love with Ichika. And she's like, I know. I just wanted you to know. And then she runs off. And when she's running off, she's like running so fast. The first thing I think of, uh, I and I actually, I didn't even think this. I actually said it out loud. Leap through time! Because, it, like, seriously, it reminded me so much of the girl who leapt through time. It, the moment she started screaming, the moment she started, like, just screaming and running out, it, yes, the girl who leapt through time is the first thing I thought of, too. <laughs> but I felt very sad for her because she was the last one to confess. I thought everybody that was going on there, she was, like, the, finally this kind of the last one just because it felt like that if all my friends jump off a bridge, I should, too, moment where – at the end, it just she felt like she was back in the corner just to confess everything because everyone else has, and it's not necessarily a bad thing either. But you know, I just kind of felt a little sorry for her for about that. Ah, what's going on? In, Nothing. What? Never mind. I'm just pressing buttons. I shouldn't. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought a spider came up on you or something and just kind of crawled in here. Yeah, that freaked me out. Don't worry about that tarantula that's biting me right now. Um, but you know. So finally, everybody's all confessed, and this is what I love about high school, and I really wish I could do that in high school. After everybody's confessed, everybody seems to be cool, and they're like, all right, let's start filming in two days. And I'm like, okay, why not? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, the whole the whole scene right there, I'm going, wow. It just shows how like how much they still like like each other, and how much they can just get uh, overcome their own pains and everything of they all just suffered heartache, all confessed, and a lot of them got dumped. And they're still going to come and finish this film. I'm like, that, that's right. a pretty strong group of friends there. Yep. And, uh, you know, this would actually be a good time to end the series. Because all our other series are ending in this episode. But no, um, when uh, Kai and Ichika get back to the house, lovey-dovey house you see another magical sphere appear in front of them. And then there's another redhead that appears. And Ichika's like, sister? And Kai's like, sister? And then it ends right there. So this is going to be interesting because we still got at least two more episodes for Ano. So I'm really curious to see what else would happen. Yes. And I and which it- is funny too because of all the series right now, all of them are ending, but this one. Yeah. And if you guys haven't noticed, I am deeply in love with this anime series. I don't know why. It somehow stole my heart. I mean, C3 had it before, but somehow this came in and snuck in. Out of all the animes we have reviewed so far, I, I'm i liking Ano the most out of all of them. And uh, Ichika has a sister. I wonder if she has, if it's an older sister. I think it is. We're going to have to fight over the space alien, you know. I'm ready, man. Ah. Let's go. All right. Speaking about fighting, let's go on to the next anime. The final two episodes of Shakugan no Shana Final.
And our final anime that we're talking about, of course, is Shotgun Gun no Shana Final. And it's brought to you by the future. When you can't change it, just create a new one. Oh. So, when did we last leave off? We last left off with the Earth Gods actually getting some screen time. The mad scientists think make things go boom, and we see a little DBZ syndrome. Hold on, hold on, hold on! Hold on, hold on. We only have one episode to do this. Dang it! I can't work under these conditions, man! I need five episodes to warm up. I could pull a muscle. Sorry, man. Continue. Ah, uh, so we learn that the whole entire spiel with the tower and everything, even with the rewritten uh, scripts and whatnot, totally a decoy. Yuji was playing us all. Um, he actually had a different plan to go on, and it was the uh, the thing about Bobber, the uh, Midnight Lost Child, right? You know, is that what it's called? Raging Mayo. Yeah. The Raging Mayo. The, the Raging Mayo, and since it recharges at about midnight, and it has all this mystical energy that's of all the lost souls and everything, he was going to use it to kind of supercharge the creation of the Xanadu. Um, but, like, right when he's supposed to start, another super powerful god, the uh, god of guidance, actually uh, appears, and we don't really see the god of gui- guidance. We just hear her magical voice resonate through all. That loves to talk and spout because it was really hard at this whole point just to read what they're trying to say and what they're trying to say. You know, and the conflict of words, I had to watch that scene a couple times just so I can actually gather exactly what they're trying to say. But in a nutshell, the God of Guidance has sensed a new power going to be created from the, the essence of all of the denizens that are going to be going to the new world, supposedly, that will create a new existence. A new existence, huh? Oh. Yes. But a- after she announces all that good stuff right there, Yuji's like, well, she didn't stop me, so Xanadu! <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Apparently, like, how they describe the god of guidance for her, just so we can just put this out on the table, is that their power is more overwhelming than any other flame haze. Yeah, she's like the uber god. Like the only one who ever come close to that kind of power is who ha who what? Do you know? You cut out. Uh, who she does hate Totally can't hear you, Dito. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, well, now I can hear. Hello. All right. So who? Who's who's more, audio. Who's more powerful than the God of Guidance, or as powerful? Uh, the only one they can ever say that was uh, like could put out that much power was uh, Shauna's predecessor. <sighs> Poor Shauna, always living in the shadow of her predecessor. Um. Well, it's because. As I explained it, she was half uh, denizen, half human. Ooh. That's crazy right there. Um, so, um, 
when Xanadu is created, everybody sees the spell that they actually use to make Xanadu, and they're like, wait, that restriction of uh, they can't eat humans is still in there. Why? And uh, Yuji's like, well, it's because all the Tomagara, they actually accepted that, and they, you know, said it was okay for their new world, so that's why it's getting created like that. Um, but yeah, everybody else was wondering why that happened. It's like, well, the flame haze kind of put the thought in their mind and they seem to be cool with it. You know? And yeah, I, so I find that to be interesting too, because how they explain it was that it's not that the, that all the densest Tomagars actually hate and despise humans. They kind of envy them is how they, they try to explain it. Yeah. I guess. They're they're They, they kind of see humans as, more on equal grounds now instead of them being better than humans which is really interesting yeah. if you think about it because they used to be their nom noms yeah <laughs> used to be their nom- i don't like to know how they're going to survive honestly after that they're going vegan but yeah they're going <laughs> vegan <laughs> <laughs> now when he said that the first thing that came to mind is the vegan twilight like animal blood and just no, and I'd rather stop at that topic altogether. <laughs> can't believe you mentioned Twilight, Dito. Twilight? I know. I can't believe I just did do that. I'm stopping that topic. Anyways, so Xanadu has been uh, opened. And um, keep in mind, this is still one 20-minute episode that we're going through. They packed a lot <laughs> into this 20-minute episode. Um, so... Uh, Yuji and the God of Destruction, they're like, all right, I want my generals to lead all the Tomagara. I'm pointing up because for some reason it was always up. I don't know why. But he's like, I want all you guys to go over there, lead the way. And so all the Tomagara are actually headed over there to Xanadu. And this is the weird thing. I thought that Yuji would go with the God of Creation, but they kind of separate ways. And has the major take the god of destruction or god of uh, creation up to Xanadu too. He's like, Bleh. and then they go through this long diatribe that I'm like, really, was that really necessary? <laughs> yeah, like when they split and everything, I thought that they mentioned how that Yuji and the god of creation couldn't be separated, but I guess they can. Yeah. And so, oh, there you go. But. He was like praising Yuji, saying that he's a like a fine vessel, and he, he was actually feeling sad to part ways with them. I'm kind of going, okay, for someone who just, you know, did all this chaos and destru- destruction and everything to bring this new world and everything, you have a lot of humility. Yeah, it was, it was you know, <laughs> like I, it was a little weird. Yeah, it was nuts to me. I didn't even know why they were doing that. I'm like, okay, we'll just stick with that. Um. And then it cuts to Yoshida and the hippie bus. And the hippie bus is like, well, we better go over there. We're not going to get a job over here. So goodbye, little lady. I hope you guys enjoy. And zippity doo da, Off they go. Actually, that's the exact <laughs> way it happened. That's exactly how it happened. And this is weird, though. Yoshida, she turned around. And then there's pretty much everybody who's been fighting on the Flame Haze side. And oh, this hurts. I don't know if I can say this, Tito. Yes, um, one of the most influential characters from the whole series, 
uh, Karmashin, our rock Gundam dies. We will we'll we'll miss you. Can we have we'll a always moment? keep a part of you in our hearts because you were probably one of the best characters from the show. Oh, it was sad. It was really sad to see him go. Um, and then uh, she kind of shows the uh, flask thing that uh, Johan left for Yoshida. And he said, this is what you fought to save. And that's supposedly the uh, new, new, uh, what you call existence. new existence that they created. And he's like, oh, I'm happy. And then he kind of burns away, sadly. They did a good job of like, you know, putting the whole like all that drama on him, you know. They didn't do it too long or too short and everything. I think they actually they gave a good farewell for our our, our beloved our, rock our, gundam. Our, our beloved rock gundam. Um and uh so the flask turns into a baby <laughs> randomly. <laughs> and uh apparently they wanted uh Carmel take care of this baby and raise it and it's going to be the inheritant of or the new person who inherits both worlds xanadu and our earth um i thought this one this scene went a little long and the funny thing is it looks like yoshida's handing the flask to carmel for most of the scene and she doesn't and she just keeps holding on to this baby i'm like uh okay <laughs> Um, so, and then, uh, the funny thing is that Shauna's like, I think this baby needs to be raised in Xanadu instead of here. And, you know, Carmel has this moment where you actually finally see some humility in her. Like, but I don't want to go without you guys <laughs> type thing. It's Yeah. It's like, you see that it's all her, um, very straightforwardness just, melts away and you see like more of a soft a soft kinder person that she's ever like not clueless at all just one of those like just very kind people that you just one day just discover and just wants to be with everyone because she truly wants to be with them yeah um but you know they kind of convince him and then this is the weird thing is the uh oh what's that old guy's name it cuts to Yuji, and apparently the uh, general metamorphosis decides to hang around, too, instead of going to Xanadu. Don't know why, but uh, okay. Um, but, but so... They're, they're there, and then the... Sindri. Yeah. Sindri was his name. Yeah. Um, but the old guy, he comes out, and he has this crystal. He throws it to uh, Yuji. And he's like, I got a couple more gifts for you. He he like gives him a ring. Um, and then he does some weird dove flying thing too. Which didn't make any sense. But it kinda sets up saying that although Yuji doesn't have the god of creation in him anymore, he still has uh powers that he can use to fight. Which uh you thought like I thought most of his powers would come from the god of creation, but I guess he can hold his own. And also, uh, he also gave him another uh, unrestricted spell that allows to restore any existence that has been destroyed. So, like, buildings, uh, like inanimate objects, basically, to be restored to their former glory. Lives cannot be restored, but if their existence still exists, if they, 
exist, essentially, they can be restored. Mm-hmm. And that's what his Yuji's ultimate goal was, is to actually get that unrestricted spell to restore all of Misaka City. Um, yeah, and it's called uh, Grammatica. Actually, no, that's his unrestricted uh, spell. Yeah, no, that's his, his like, uh, Grammatica. That's, that's his, like, yeah, that's his, like, shield, shield crystal thing, thing is named it. Grammatica. Um, yeah, and then, so, um, this is weird. I thought, all right, so they're just going to, the flame hazes are going to let all the Tomagara go. And all of a sudden, Rebecca just shows up. And she's like, what's up, guys? <laughs> it's, like, it's, been, it's been, what, like, ten episodes or so since we last saw her? Yeah, and the thing is, I'm like, I wish I could see you in the battles, because I think you'd make an awesome battles against all the robots and whatnot but uh she shows up and it's like hey look at me i got twelve thousand flame hazes that want to or 1200 flame hazes that uh we're going to xanadu baby keep those tomagar in check <laughs> I, don't like- I just found this funny too because it's a world that was made for the tomagara and yet all these flame hazes are going to be going up there in their big floating island I, yeah i'm just kind of like like um Wait, so what's going on here? Yeah, and and, and the funny thing, and they're like, oh, who's going to take the lead? And then the Earth gods come up like, ah, we'll do it, you know? And they're like, we, we talk the talk, so now we got to walk the walk. <laughs> and they're like the first person, first three to go up there in there. And they, they do this uh, kind of crazy like rainbow spear thing when they fly up into Xanadu too. Um, that was kind of weird. I totally didn't get that at all. But okay, it's fine. It, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it go. Yeah. It's fine, you know. They, but after that, you know, Carmel gets the gets the courage up to leave for the new world as well. Yeah, she's finally and, like, all right, I gotta go. <laughs> and here is like we are in the now the last what 10 minutes of the show yeah and the final showdown between yuji and shauna actually takes place yeah originally what i thought when the the god of creation left yuji was that he was going to try to settle things with shauna in a way you know to make her still think that he that the god of creation is still in him but she notices right off the bat that it's yuji and he's fighting her for his own reasons now yeah um and this is 100% a lover's quarrel. This is not even like grudge match or anything. You can tell this is a lover's quarrel because um, Yuji's like, oh, I can't be with you. That's being selfish. I need to go suffer and be alone while I go to Xanadu and make sure all the Tomagara sh- know they shouldn't eat humans. Because <laughs> they're go- I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm going to go make sure the Tomagara are going to be vegans, all right? And I need to do this alone without anybody's help. And I found this to be funny too. The the sheer reason why that, well, one of the, I think is like his biggest achievement to do is that he felt that he wanted to make sure that everyone would remember, like him, like everyone would remember him when he leaves. So his only request to Shauna was to give back the essence of uh, Hirigi. Uh, was there a lot last name by? Yukari. Yukari. I said that right. And 
is because uh, it's in the in the first episode or first couple episodes of the original Shauna series in the first season, you see how she took her essence and became her. Yeah. So the best part was is that with the unrestricted spell that revives everyone too, he can actually revive her. And with Shauna, knowing this spell, she kind of like gets all sorts of like flustered and just but here it comes. The Shauna Punch, and it yes. just plays like the original opening theme to the first season as like they're trying to describe everything that's going on. And here we have a Yoshida, mind you, <clears throat> that is supposed to be still tuning everything that's in this little like sphere, and he shoots her essence into um, Yoshida. And I'm just going, okay. So... And they made they made it to the point where they say that Misaki City doesn't even exist in Xanadu. Like the further away these worlds are apart, the less likely they're going to copy each other. Yeah. Um. And the weird thing is, like, we're we're talking about this like huge battle between Sean and Yuji, but like pretty much after this point where Sean just punches him, they don't really fight each other. Instead, what they have is a. Uh, Marjorie and Sidney, Sidonay, or Sydney, however you want to say it, go into their ultimate forms, and they're essentially riding the two as they're fighting each other, <laughs> as uh, Sydney and Marjorie are fighting. Like Shauna and Yuji, they literally are just talking for almost the entire rest of the episode. <laughs> no, not even that. It's the funny part too is that that the little sphere, the oh god, I forgot what it's called now. That protects that actually stops everything from like being shown to the outside world comes down as they're fighting in the river. Yeah. So like all like all this water gushes up and everything, but the unrestricted spell pr- protects everyone in town from actually receiving any damage from the two fighting. And yeah, and like so Sydney, 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 Darren. Now now I can't even say parenting. Sydney, yeah. I'll just call him. <laughs> um, goes into this ultimate armored. Thing of doom thing. yeah and marjorie goes all out too and has what nine heads six or nine I she can gets count, like really. a gazillion heads on there i think yeah. at least i think at least 10 and then she gets more and they're just duking it out like it's really hard to explain so go watch these go watch this battle right here it's a pretty actually epic battle because they literally are tearing each other apart like literally tearing each other yeah apart. they yeah ripping heads off and arms off and everything and now we go back to the fight between Yuji and Shauna as they're trying to you know, still explain to one another and why Yuji needs to be alone. And Shauna is trying to explain to Yuji why he doesn't have to repent alone. And his he puts up his crystal shield and everything. Shauna just can't break through it because of, like, he's able to manipulate and perfect his power. But what's happened, Casey? Can you guess? It's your favorite attack. Oh, uh, she pulls out more rings. And, like, the funny thing is you think she'd just pull out a handful. But, no, when she grabs into her hands, the rings are flying out of her pocket. And then she still has another handful and just throws it at him. And I thought that was freaking hilarious. I'm like, really? This girl loves her rings, all right? Um, if she had a Marie Claire or whatever the stores are, she'd probably buy them out all, all the time. Just, just for this battle. So, after everything's said and done, Yuji or Shauna finally convinces to Yuji, saying that you don't have to be alone to repent and everything. So they 
kind of just make up. You I know? know. It was really anticlimactic. Because John, well, John, John beats Eugene. Yeah. End, so. Well, well, actually, Marjorie <laughs> beats him. Well, they, okay, yes, Marjorie. They, 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 they literally end up. Yuji and Shauna end up like floating in space for the longest time while while Marjorie is just totally demolishing the guy. <laughs> um, and then she's like, you idiot, I want to be with you. You don't have to be alone on this and I'll keep you in check and blah, blah. You know, stuff lovers say to each other. And then they all fly to Xanadu. And then Marjorie just lands on the side of the river and she's like, I'm tired. <laughs> and that's pretty much how it ends because the whole entire credits just shows how everything has gone back to normal after that so here we are three seasons of shotgun ashana and you know yes it's kind of a interesting way of ending it they just kind of just want to tie up everything which was fine you know the ending did have the closure had pretty much the closure you're looking for not kind of the way you're looking to get it but it does give it to you yeah um Unlike Guilty Crown, it tried to wrap everything up a little bit better than that. Um, you know, this season had its highs and lows. I mean, remember, it was dragging for a long, long, long time. But uh, I think it was a pretty, you know, adequate way of pulling everything together. Um, yeah. But... They pretty much... I guess they just really needed to bring the whole uh, Flame Haze organization into play because they only talked about it for the first two seasons. And now that all our battles going out, they, you know, if they never really had to bring those into it, it probably would have been 12 or. Yeah. Um, you know, I. Because they didn't even bring them in after that. I mean, you'd figure this whole battle's going on, they would at least bring in our, the head general and yeah. what's her bucket, you know, Falcon Kick. I know. I really wanted to see her fight again, but they were kind of just took the back seat and grabbed some popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> Essentially. Much. Um, but you know, but overall, I'm overall I'm satisfied with the ending of this one for the whole like how the whole three seasons wrapped up. I'm pretty satisfied with it. Mhm. Um, you know, it was okay. Um felt a little bit rushed, but maybe if they didn't spend 12 episodes yakking. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I I liked it. Nice happy ending. Um, and do you want to know who else is happy right now? The chat room, because this is the end of the show, Dito. They're celebrating in there, or they're all passed out. One of the two. Um, <laughs> they had such a party in there that we missed that. I know. We, miss, we missed it. Yeah. We missed it. And, uh, you know, if you guys enjoyed this, don't worry. This, unlike Shauna and Guilty Crown, this is not the final episode of the winter season in Kita. We still got at least one more episode because we got to finish up Ano. There's more good stuff going on over there. Um, and then we yes. got a special uh, sneak preview of the spring animes. So you'll get some insight into what kind of anime we might pick up next and talk about and jabber on for hours. Um, and also, too, if anyone here who's, what, two of you, that have any suggestions for the spring season two, do email us at Kita at uh, ktdata.net. Yeah. Um, also, you know, make sure you check out ktdata.net. Dito's been pumping out reviews left and right. I've been slacking off. No, really. No, I've been, I've just been fighting with Final Cut for a couple of days. Um, but, you know, we should get the Anime Salt Lake stuff's going to get out really quickly. 
hopefully by the end of this week if final cut will cooperate with me um and then make sure you come watch us live like i said the chat room they have this game where they have no idea what we're talking about so they just talk about random things in the chat room you may you can find that at ktdata.net slash live and of course you know two weeks april 10th is when our next live episode will be i encourage you guys to come here and check it out um Dito, do you got anything else to pimp before we call it a wrap? Nope. Um, everything that uh, I was going to say has been said for once. For once, I have Dito speechless. So the only thing we have left to say is bye, guys. See you in two weeks. And stop the recording. Dito, are you ready for the Battle of the Lifetimes while we do another episode of the Kita Anime Podcast? No, never. Oh well, you have been selected. You have no way out and you have no more credits, so you must continue. Ah. <laughs> All right.